is the Todd and Friends podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? <laughs> oh, come on. I'm with you. So, uh, thank uh, you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree <laughs> on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Bergat. Hey, thanks for joining us for the podcast once again today. Tuesdays in the summer, Matt Williams uh, joins us here on the podcast. Glad to have him alongside. Of course, uh, a teacher at the Wilmer Senior High School, former uh, boys basketball coach and coach of other things as well. A little soccer officiating occasionally. Uh, works with me a little on some basketball. Did some baseball for us this spring. Uh, Matt, thanks for coming in. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely, Todd. It's uh, it's exciting to be back and uh, yeah. I can try to fill the, uh, the shoes of Alan Horton. Uh, I listened a little bit to him throughout the year. Yeah. I think his frustration level grew as the year went on. Didn't There's it? No doubt about it. Even you can even hear it on the podcast. Yep, yep. You can tell he he doesn't hold back. No, you know, no. if he doesn't like something that's going on, he'll call him out. I've been shocked at times yeah. how honest he'll be about the Timberwolves. <laughs> I'll try to be honest about other aspects yes, of life, I yes, guess, Todd, yeah, this summer, right? right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, before we get into all that, now I want to ask you about the NBA Finals, the yeah. Twins, a little bit. Uh, the school year just completed. Yeah. Uh, nice to have the school year behind you. A good sense of accomplishment uh, for students. They, they're through another year. Either they graduated or or they look forward to the next year. But for teachers, too. You know, you got, it, you got through the school year. You feel like, uh, you know, kids have you know, got another year of education under their belts. Is there a little celebration that goes on for teachers when the school year ends? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it, it's a there's a, it's a relief. Uh, you know that that the year went well and that you you feel like you did a good job. There's also a sense of you know, especially when you see those seniors graduate and and you you know what they started as as freshmen maybe and how they've grown and and uh, and you feel you know you feel a lot of pride in the fact that you you helped them become. Uh, the young men and women that they've become, and as they walk across that stage, uh, you know, you just feel a certain pride. Paul Schmitz, uh, at our last meeting, he told all the teachers, you know, you need to come to a, you need to come to a graduation sometime because mm-hmm. uh, there is just a sense of pride in that. And I think, especially in Wilmer, we have so many first generation graduates, uh, so many kids whose parents didn't necessarily graduate from high school, and and uh, it's a party and, and it's a celebration. And so, as a teacher, you feel a lot of pride in that, and. Uh, you know, and, and you just you just see the the role that you've played as a teacher, and and uh, and how you've created these people to, you know, be prepared for whatever they're gonna go do next. Yeah, second year, right? Since you've been back to some sense of normalcy after the <laughs> after the pandemic, which threw everything uh, up in the air. And uh, were there some changes that came out of the pandemic era in, in the school system that either aided you guys or or maybe has been more of a challenge since it ended? You know, I think we're still we're still dealing with um, you know students that uh, had their lives disrupted, and and uh, you know that the kids that graduated this year were sophomores when we had the hybrid year. I mm-hmm. think that hybrid year almost did was tougher than the year where we shut everything down. Yeah. Uh, in the fact that it was just so different, and, yeah. and kids trying to learn from home, and uh, just that feeling of isolation that kind of just drug on a little bit. The first, you know, that that first year where everything shut down. The whole world shut down, so you didn't feel it yeah. as much. It's that it's that next year, that hybrid year, that that was tricky. But um, you know, I, I think we're still dealing with that a little bit. I think that uh, you know, not just academically, but socially, the kids uh, are a little bit. You know, we're a little bit behind, and it t- it takes a little while to get them back into where you really want them uh, to to behave socially and whatnot. Uh, but you know, by the end of the year, I feel like we were really in a good place at the high school and. 
uh, you know, and, and, and hopefully that feeds Zach into next year then. Yeah. So you did a lot of teaching via Zoom and all that during yeah. that time. Are you still doing any of that? No, yeah. no, no. There, there, there's absolutely none of that. Um, you know, I think one positive is that there, there are options now for kids to do online education if that's something that they want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's a program through the co-op, I believe, but also a lot of the colleges uh, have gone to some online programs. So, uh, you know, when our students are juniors or seniors, if they're in the top half or third of their class, they can go PSEO, post-secondary okay. education. Uh, and there are a number of programs that are doing that completely online. So if I a see. student wanted to do, you know, start college as a junior in high school, mm-hmm. um, they could do it online. And, and uh, you know, that is, you know, it works for some kids. It doesn't work for others. You know, yeah. it, online education is not for everybody. Yeah. Um, but there are kids that have taken advantage of that. You know, we heard so much about, uh, you know, that time that you referenced uh, during uh, that, that uh, uh, the social interactions weren't there as well and that kids struggled with that. And, and gosh, in the, some of the larger metro areas, we've seen a, a rampant crime among 15, 16, 17-year-olds where, you know, that year and a half, basically, almost two, where everything was different, they weren't in class that much, really was detrimental. I mean, that's such a learning age and social interactions with their peers are so important for kids during that time too. And, and, uh, you know, it set them back. It might be a whole, you know, 10 years before we're kind of past all that. Yeah. I mean, I think so. I, I, I look at even my own children at, at, you know, they're going to be fifth and seventh graders and, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, you look at their disrupted, uh, elementary and, and, you know, some of those things they weren't able to do this year, finally, they got to go do field trips again and then you know my sixth grader got to go to the uh you know the capital and and those types of trips and uh you know those are the things you remember from school and, and i'm very well aware as a teacher that they're not going to remember a random tuesday morning in my class very often <laughs> sure. right it's yeah. it's those big events and those yeah. field trips and those things like that that kids are going to remember as they go on and, and and you know we're just finally getting back to doing those things and so i do think that there's a sense of um uh, of uh, uh, you know a missing out that that happened from for a lot of kids and yeah. you know when kids when kids are not sure what to do next or that when when kids aren't busy then they they reach out to a lot of times bad decisions yeah. and so you reference some of that yep. I also think you know I think schools are in a really interesting situation right now where they've had some extra money some COVID money that's been uh, that they've been using and now it's going away. And uh, I just read the Minneapolis schools are talking about closing entire buildings again mm-hmm. and uh, doing things like that. I know Wilmer, uh, you know, they're talking about maybe, you know, having to ask people for for some money, some levies or mm-hmm. things like that. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I think that schools are in a, a unique situation right now where where they're also trying to figure out what to do next. Yeah. COVID money had to be spent on certain things, right? I mean, it wasn't just, here you go, here's $2 million for your school spend as you see fit. It had came with a lot of strings, as it always does when it's federal money or state money even. And, you know, some of it's really good stuff. Uh, You know, there's teacher shortages that are happening. There's teachers that got out during that time that we're talking about. Um, And so some of the money is being used to, you know, try to attract new teachers. There's money that's uh, been... Then that's been set aside just to help ke- catch kids up. I mean, there's been a lot of really, really good things, and a lot of districts, I think, want to keep those good things going. That's part of the, uh, you know, the, the the tension that's happening right now is, man, we 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 put we had some extra money, so we tried this, and it really worked. Mm-hmm. But now we need more money to keep it going, or we need this to keep it going. So, you know, I, I think education is in a uh, an interesting place right now, where uh, we're, we're getting back to that sense of normalcy, but we also 
um, we know that looking forward, we're going to have to keep doing some things differently. And so uh, it's exciting. It's also a little nerve wracking. Uh, you know, at Wilmer, we're, we're really exploring and diving into something called standards based learning. And I think okay. it, could, it could be really good. Um, it's still a very, it feels very different right now. And so there's, you know, there's, there's tension there too, but uh, I think it could be really good by the time it's all said and done. Uh, didn't you start a class last year called adulting or something like that? Did you continue that this year and how'd it go? Absolutely. Uh, it's a, it's a really exciting class and uh, anybody that's out there listening wants to know more. I, I, I could talk your ear off about it and um, you know, we're always looking for guest speakers and whatnot, but it's the, it's a class that's really all about, um, you know, those people that said, uh, you know, I wish I would learn useful things in high school. Yeah. So we said, Hey, okay, we're going to, we're going to make this class be very practical, be very real life. And so, uh, it's all the things that you wish you learned in high school. So we start with resumes and cover letters. We did, we brought all kinds of people in from the community to do mock interviews with kids. Uh, we went into the, okay, now you have that job. Let's make a budget. Let's talk about where your money's going to go. Uh, we talked about taxes, why taxes matter, mm -hmm. why we have to collect them, but also how to do them. Brought in guest speakers about that. We talked about insurance. We talked about, uh, we brought in a realtor. How do you buy a house? How do you buy a car? Uh, very practical, very real life things. Lots of vocabulary because it's an English class. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all those different aspects have like their own language. <laughs> and so... There's words that are used in the insurance world that aren't used anywhere else right, in the right, world, right? So, right. Um, so a lot of it, it was just teaching them some of those things. And, you know, we tell them, you're not going to be an expert by the time you're done. You're not going to go sell insurance by this. But yeah. uh, some of it's the don't be a sucker class. Yeah, right. You know, like, sure. You know, find a way so you don't have to uh, possibly be taken advantage of by somebody. Yeah. That's terrific. So that class continues to get good participation in it this year? Yeah, we had... Uh, we ran, I think, five sections of it this last year, which is like 125 kids. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll run, I think, four sections of it next year, so 100 kids. So Great. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's something that kids have found useful, and uh, I really enjoy teaching it. It's, just, it's kind of reinvigorated me a little bit as an English teacher to try something new and try something different. And, sure. Uh, yeah, it's been exciting. So we're always looking for guest speakers. So anybody wants to, uh, to uh, thinks they have something valuable to say, reach out to me, and I'll... Uh, I'll, I'll uh, set you up. Yeah, I noticed you're not inviting me because people would say I don't really have an adult job. I just sit around talking about sports all day. <laughs> so, you know, that's not necessarily an adult job. You know, yeah, I, I don't have to know that much to do this. You probably have the dream job of a lot of people, Todd, <laughs> let's be honest. But, you know, I, I've, tried to, I've tried to live small portions of your job by doing a little play-by-play -play this year. And, uh, yeah, you probably have the dream job. But <laughs> there aren't a lot of them out there. Huh? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> hey, speaking of, of which, you got a chance to do some baseball for us uh, this spring. And, and uh, that's always fun. And the extracurricular is going. You're a couple of years past uh, when you were head coach of the Cardinals. Do you, do you miss that a little bit once in a while still? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, this week's candy camp at the high school, which is the youth basketball camp. And uh, that was one of my favorite weeks of the summer. I just love seeing all those little kids, you know, come yeah. into the gym and play. And, uh, you know, we get the high school kids interacting with these kindergartners and first graders. And uh, it was it was one of my highlights. In fact, on my phone, it just popped up a memory of some pictures I had taken at candy camp. And yeah. I do miss that a lot. Um, uh, I, I um, you know, and, and I, I guess just the the busyness I don't miss, but the relationships I really miss. I yeah. went, went to a wedding on Sunday of Jake Evans, a former sure. player of mine, and uh, there's a bunch of former players there, and we took a picture together and talked. Great. And you just miss those really, you know, relationships a little bit. But yeah, uh, you know, you have other ways you can 
develop those things. Yeah, through your classes and stuff, I'm sure that, you know, as teachers and coaches, you guys just get tons of graduation uh, invitations and so forth. I would imagine that it's hard to make them all, uh, but it is a a big part of the the fun of the spring. You know, I get a few invites each year, too. That's all part of it, to go and enjoy that graduation celebration, to eat some free food. I mean, uh, what's wrong with that? Well, and I've told you that's part of why I've said yes to you about helping you with basketball games and baseball games and everything else is, the kids like seeing you there, yeah. you know, and, and so, uh, you know, when I can go and, and sit and talk about a basketball game uh, and then go back to school the next day and, and kids come up and they're like, what did you think about that? Or what did you think about this? Or, yeah. you know, how did that work? Or uh, what did you think of that call? A lot of times is what I get. And then, sure. then we can have a conversation and you, you kind of feel like you're still part of it, which is fun. Yeah, no doubt. So uh, school year uh, went well. Any uh, different programs or anything other than that? I mean, uh, the school year was pretty pretty basic. Other than that, yeah, it, 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 there wasn't anything that uh, you know brand new initiative. Like I said, teachers are working towards this uh, called standards based grading and, yeah, and yeah. standards based learning. I'm sorry, not grading. Um, and so that's something that you know parents and and kids are going to see start seeing more as we go forward and it's mm-hmm. good it's good it's not a huge change but it's it's good changes that yeah uh are focusing the curriculum a little bit more yeah. uh graduation at the civic center yeah uh we had i'm in, i'm the senior class advisor so i'm kind of in charge of uh making sure the students at least are where they need to be during graduation we had 200, sure. 265 kids walk through graduation uh we had 2400 we believe chairs set up uh, and places in bleachers for, and we had uh, at least 300 people standing in the back. I mean, oh, it was uh, it was a party, yeah. and, and it was fun. And a uh, huge shout out to Ryan Scheffler and the guys at the Civic Center. They did such a good job setting up for it. And yeah. uh, I know it's a lot of work to to host an event like that. And uh, it's been a really good change for Wilmer High School to move our graduation to the Civic Center versus the gym. Yeah, because uh, then it's limited seating. Yeah, the gym the gym was uh, only holds about 1,500 when it's all said and done maybe even less than that, not air conditioned. It yeah. was 90 some degrees all week, the week of graduation. So it would have been, um, it would have been a sweat box in there. So it's, everything's better at civic center. And, uh, those guys over there do just an amazing job setting up. Yeah, Chef is in last place in our baseball league, though, so I just want to throw that in. Maybe he's had to work uh, too hard setting up the <laughs> that could center, be. You know, he's it, working too yeah, hard. Yeah, it's my fault, actually, yeah. probably. I'm sure he'd tell you it's my fault. <laughs> Atch is in first place, and he doesn't work at all. So we know, we know. see, that's kind of a correlation. One guy works a lot, he's in last. <laughs> the other guy doesn't work at all, he's in first. That's kind of how it works. The guy who works a little bit, he's in third. That would be me. Plus, you know, Atch, Atch is just born lucky. I think he's got. I horse, think that is true. Up as, uh... Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I would agree with that. Hey, let's talk NBA Finals a sure. little bit. Uh, I know you're an NBA fan, like I am. Uh, I it's not often I pick the finals correctly, but I did pick the Nuggets with a gentleman's sweep in five games. They were just the better team, and the best player on the planet is Nikola Jokic. I think he's unbelievable, and and what he's able to do. I, I was thinking about this a lot last night, actually, as I was watching the game pretty closely, and. Mm-hmm. You know that we've talked a lot about basketball becoming kind of positionless and everybody switching and everything else. He's kind of throwing a wrench into that mm-hmm. because you can't switch on him. If anytime anybody switches on him, he just destroys them. Yeah. And, and so, uh, you know, the Nuggets have been able to use him in a way that uh, nobody else is using people. And I've, I, w- I have a question for you because you follow the Timberwolves much more closely than I do. Why couldn't Carl Anthony Towns play like Nikola? Jokic. He doesn't have the uh, personality. Uh, yeah. Towns is, in my wise. opinion, really self-absorbed. Uh, yeah. Whereas 
Jokic is all about everybody else. Yeah. They ask him a question. He right away talks about his teammates. He's very humble. Yeah. Humble is never a word that Carl Anthony Towns will be associated with. So more mental than physical. I think so, yes. Physically, they are very similar. Yeah, in size. I think Jokic is a little bigger, maybe an inch taller, a little bit bigger through the shoulders. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, Plus, I don't think that anybody in the NBA has the on-court basketball IQ that Jokic has. He knows where all 10 guys are on the, well, let's say 13 guys, because he knows where the officials are, too. (laughs) Uh, and, And he knows where they're going to be, and he knows how to manipulate them to his advantage. I mean, how many times will you see him catch the ball left of the top, look to the left, and throw it into the corner and the right for a wide-open three? Yeah. Or catch the ball outside the lane, down on the block, look out in front of him to the wing, and throw it across to the other baseline again. Nobody knows where everybody is like Jokic does. Yeah. I mean, Towns doesn't have that vision. No, no, it, it's true. But you look at what the Timberwolves have, and, and if they could use Carl Anthony Towns as yeah. sort of a miniature version of that, yeah. you have – the pieces are very similar to what the Nuggets have. When yeah. You have a guard like Anthony Edwards that could be Jamal Murray. And Except you've be, got Gobert. I know. Well, that, that was, there, that was my point. There is no Nugget. No. That, so like Rudy Gobert, which no. is just a big clod in the middle, clogging right. everything up. Right, everything's He clogs up your offense as well as the other team's offense. Yeah. Yeah, he's just kind of a, a rock in the pond, if you will. Everything <laughs> goes around him. Yeah. Uh, and the Nuggets don't have anybody like that. They have no. Jokic as their big man. And then Aaron Gordon is a terrific four for them. I was hoping that's what Towns would become, actually. Yeah. Would be a four like Eric, uh, like Aaron Gordon of the Nuggets, except score a little more. Gordon's not a big scorer. And then Gobert plays uh, uh, Jokic's role. But it didn't appear as though Towns is ever comfortable playing the four. Yeah, and 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 uh, Gobert is never going to have the touch or passing ability or any of that. that no, he that, doesn't uh, resemble him at all. So, no, um, but yeah, no, they're the Nuggets. I I found them very fun to watch. You know, I've yes. I've always been a little bit more of a college basketball fan. Yeah, I yeah. feel like it's more free flowing and it's yep. uh, a little more of a team game. But the Nuggets play they the do. ultimate team game. They I do. mean, it was incredible to watch them yep. throughout this run. And actually, the couple times they've lost were when. Jokic scored 40 points. He had 53 against the Timberwolves, and the Timberwolves beat him that yeah, game. Yeah. So when he's getting everyone involved, then they're a lot harder to beat. Yeah, and, and the Heat last night trying to run that zone, uh, they just allowed him to catch it in the middle of the lane over and over and yeah. over again, and he's going to absolutely torture, Kill you. absolutely torture you if you do yeah. that. So. Yeah. Uh, now, you're a college basketball guy. Some of my other friends who are college fans, not NBA fans, they always talk about, oh, they don't play any defense in the NBA. You didn't watch the playoffs. Yeah. There's some serious defense being played. Yeah, Caldwell, Pope, and yeah. Brown, and some of the role players from the – and Gordon. Yeah. Some of the role players, you'd call them for the Nuggets, yeah. are, are some just unbelievable defenders. Yeah. Uh, Caldwell, Pope, just he, – he was really impressive, I thought, yeah. in, in the playoffs. And I think it's interesting. You know, you've got Gordon, you've got Caldwell, Pope. They, these guys were lottery picks. Yeah that people thought were going to be huge scorers. Yep. And now they've found roles here where they can just be kind of secondary guys and uh, and thrive you yeah. know, doing using their skills and their athleticism and, yeah. and all those things. So, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, they were fun to watch, and, yep. and they were by far the best team. They were. And looking at the West, I mean, they could win. They could win multiple times here because yeah. everybody that plays for them is under 30. Yeah, and under contract. Yeah. They bring the whole team back next year That the, uh, of the key uh, import guys. I'm going to let you get out of here and go to a, a fishing hole somewhere. I am going to go to a fishing hole. It's I thought, beautiful. I out. thought that might be the case. <laughs> Coach, thanks for joining us. Absolutely, Todd. Take care. Matt Williams here on the Todd and Friends Podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. 
Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.